Welcome to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Welcome to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack. And today we're joined by two amazing guests, Mark Pertel and Preston Hartzell. And they are from CTC Capital Management, which is a registered investment advisor with a focus on real estate and other alternatives. Mark joined Chicago Trading Company in June of 2001 as a marketing-making trading assistant and worked on the trading side of CTC until transitioning to head of real estate acquisitions and development in 2020. And then Preston is an analyst and a recent addition to the CTC Capital Management team working in the Chicago office from Newport Beach, California. So welcome to the show, Mark and Preston. How are the two of you doing? And thank you so much for being here today. Our pleasure. Doing well. Thanks for having us. So Mark and Preston, can you share a little bit more about what you're doing in the space and your focus and your background, please? Sure. We just got to get this out of the way that all views expressed by Preston or myself are ours personally, not those of CTC. And also at this time, we're not taking on any new investors. But as far as our our background, uh, CTC is a trading company. It started out about 30 years ago, still very active in the in the trading space. And in 2017, we lost our, launched our first real estate fund. Uh, we now have nine funds with four of them focused on real estate. Uh, we're approaching $200 million in AUM with about half these commitments in real estate investment vehicles. We're currently uh, deploying out of our our fourth real estate fund, which has $40 million in commitments, and we're focused on investing as a co-GP in value-add multifamily deals. And Preston, if you want to share a little bit more about your background and how you got in the space of real estate. Yeah, so I was a real estate development major at the University of Southern California. I have internship experience at a REIT, and I used to work at a company called Northmark as more of a traditional analyst role. And uh, last June, I pretty much just applied and had never been to Chicago before, never visited. And when I got the job, I just packed everything and uh, came out here, never having visited. What was it about it that, you know, really drove you to make that life-changing decision, Preston? Um, I like being in a big city. I think Chicago, obviously never having been, um, I was just kind of enamored by being in a big city. I went to college in Los Angeles, a little more spread out, whereas Chicago's maybe more of a centralized city. So. I just wanted to do that while I was young. All right. So Mark, can you share a little bit more about, you mentioned CTC is a co-GP. Can you share a little bit about what that means and some of the things that you guys are focused on? Sure. So we've seen in the, in the multifamily space and a lot of operators who have maybe done some deals on their own or use friend, family and friend money, and they're looking to expand their their business. And you know, one of the limiting factors is a lack of a, a strong balance sheet or capital to go out and fund their next deal. So by looking at real estate investment is not just a LP, but as a co-GP, we can now help operators grow and expand their footprint by infusing up to 95% in some cases 
of the co-GP equity into their deal, as well as signing on the note and providing credit enhancement. So this allows an operator who might have been self-funded or, like I said, with family and friend money, can now really scale up and attract larger LPs and do much bigger deals and really ramp up their their uh, their operation. Is it primarily in the multifamily space? Yeah, super majority of our investments are in in multifamily, specifically value add deals. We we always like to see some type of of immediate value add proposition. Uh, maybe it's a mismatched property, maybe it just needs capex. Uh, some type of thing where you can realize and prove up value sooner than rather than betting on a market turning or or, or increasing its uh its return profile. So are there different or specific markets that you focus on or are you looking at specifically just in Chicago or across the US? Um so we do not invest in California or Arizona, but in terms of markets we have found the most success in markets with not a lot of construction or new product coming online. That kind of goes back to the thesis of just supply and demand. When new product comes, it increases vacancy, more supply, as well as these newer products uh, offering rent concessions. So whereas our value add product might be $2,000 in the class A, new build would be $2,500. But if you're getting, you know, two, $300 a month in concessions from this new product, you know, so sometimes that'll drag our, you know, customer profile to that new product. And usually they will come back in a year after concessions, but we uh, we can't risk having one year of high vacancy. So you mentioned you're also starting on the new fund as well. How does that work in terms of you know investing alongside as a co-GP? And then what are some of the um, other attributes that you know CTC typically brings to the table as well as their co-GPing with other operators in the space? Yeah, one of the things we, we offer is is we're a, a total return investment vehicle. So we're we're looking at to maximize IRR. We're not coupon clippers. So what we want to see is a project that that maybe doesn't return a cash on cash distribution in year one. Uh, maybe possibly it, you know, takes cash flow from that property and puts it back into renovations. So we the bottom line is that we're very flexible into what type of deals we look at within that multifamily space. Um, we also being focused on more of a workforce housing product, um, we're definitely more open to older product than something built in the last 15 or 20 years. So when you say value add, what does that typically mean for you and the company? What does that look like? Value add for us usually is can be anything from a kitchen bath renovation to improving a common area or a clubhouse, uh, maybe updating the pool or adding a grill to a property. Um, that's that's the majority of our projects, but we also have some that are a little more higher on the risk spectrum, such as a hotel conversion and even ground-up development. So when you're looking for other co-GPs to partner with, you know, are there certain specific criteria that you're looking for expertise or background or things like that? Um, and are there certain qualities or things that, or the deal itself that you typically would not partner with them on? Usually starts with a deal. So if an operator has a deal, maybe under contract or one that they're thinking about touring, 
you know, send it over to us. We'll take a look at it. And, and from there, if we, if we like the way it looks, then we can start looking into the operator. And as far as looking at the operator and their experience, you know, we get it. We're working with emerging operators. So they're not going to have a 20-year track record, or frankly, they, they wouldn't need our CoGP platform. So a lot of our operators are, uh, are truly emerging operators. Um, as far as what we're looking for, we're looking for you know, strong work ethic, uh, ex exhibition of being able to execute a business plan and and show that, hey, we took a previous project and raised rents and created a better tenant base and a more responsive tenant base and, frankly, had a better tenant experience at that property where tenants can, can enjoy where they live. And what does a typical uh, structure agreement look like or if you're able to share some of that as well? Um, a typical like a uh, capital stack, just using, let's say, a hundred million dollar deal, uh, total deal size, sixty percent loan to cost, forty uh, percent equity raise on a ninety ten uh, GP LP split. So that GP would be four million dollars, and we could provide up to ninety five percent of that. Is that typically what you're seeing in the market right now? Like ninety to ten, ninety ten uh, LP GP splits. Um, we actually just did a deal that was twenty five seventy five GPLP split. So I think the GP slice has cr increased a little bit. What about in terms of like the deal flow and things like that? Are you seeing that picking up in the market or in your space now, or do you kind of see it kind of slowing down a little bit? Has it been a bit of a challenge as you're uh, raising funds for your fund? We're definitely seeing uh, a lot of deal flow as far as to get it to pencil to to hit our return metrics. That's definitely becoming a challenge. Um, a lot of it's just based on the volatility of the interest rates, given that we use debt on, on all of our acquisitions. Um, it's a it's a major component of the inputs going into making a deal work or not. Um, a couple of the things that we're looking at is, is as Preston mentioned earlier, is supply in a market. Um, we want to make sure that we're going into a market where the competition is limited to existing product and not this potential overhang of a lot more new supply coming to market. Are you able to share a little bit about what types of metrics you're looking for in deals? Yeah. In addition to the supply coming to market, we're looking at affordability. We really want to make sure that the tenants of today can afford the rents of tomorrow. Um, we've seen situations where, you know, if the, the median income within an area is too low relative to where the operator's pricing out their new rents after renovation, if we see an increase in bad debt, we see an increase in, in general delinquency, we see an increase in vacancy. So we want to be able to raise that product up to the point where um, tenants are able to afford it without being constrained. In addition to that, um, we're also looking for just general vacancy in a market when, before we enter it. Although we do have some deals that are in higher vacancy markets, uh, we prefer to see markets that are uh, very much in balance with supply and demand. Is there a typical return metric and values that you like to see before, uh, you know, since you have your LPs, investors as well, that like a minimum threshold that deal needs to hit before entering in a partnership with another co-GP? Um, our minimum deal metric would be probably a 15% IRR on a five-year hold for us to really give it a look. Um, our fund docs do allow hold times up to 10 years, but um, our normal hold times more than that four to seven year. 
And do you see that changing any in the future coming up in the uh, what the market and, and the real estate environment and things like that? Or do you see that kind of staying consistent? I would say one thing that depends on the whole period is the type of debt that the operator is able to put on, whether it's five-year or 10-year debt. We really want to see that match up with the business plan. So if it were to be a 10-year hold, we'd want to see you know, 10, 15-year term debt. We don't want to see a two-year bridge loan with and then a refinance and just betting on interest rates. So an operator brings a deal to you guys, you evaluate it. What does a process typically look like? Sure. So our team is is actually quite small as far as day-to-day, which is great for operators because you know, when they call, we answer. But when the deal hits our inbox, we'll we'll jump on a quick call with that operator. We'll run it through our own underwriting. Um, at that point, if we like the deal, probably have a second call with that operator. Um, at that point, yeah, we'll bring it to our investment committee. Um, for and, and our investment committee is very responsive. And uh, upon approval, then then we go ahead and uh, finish out our due diligence with a background check, site visit, and drafting of legal docs. Got it. So Mark and Preston, I guess, where do you see the company kind of growing or uh, moving towards? And is the focus still going to stay within uh, multifamily or are you going to be branching out into other asset classes as well? The core focus is multifamily. Um, The underlying thesis being is that you know, as every article you read and every market that we go into, there is a housing shortage and there will continue to be one. Uh, and so we definitely ought to be in a position to to provide quality housing to tenants who need it. Um, as far as other asset classes we could venture into, we have done self-storage in the past. Uh, we've looked at industrial deals and to a lesser extent uh, office, but uh, our core focus will will remain in multifamily. So then with the fund, is it diversifying across different operators and different assets as well? Or is it typically with one operator and one um, or multiple different properties that they specifically are working on? We look to diversify in addition to uh, operators. We also like to look for geographic diversification um, as well as diversifying hold times too. Obviously, if if you're planning to exit every property in year five, that could be really great or really bad depending on the economy and the exit timing. So we do try to stagger that out uh, somewhat too. But as far as uh, geographic uh, operator diversification, hold time diversification, and then also uh, strategy plays in terms of a lighter value add or a heavy value add. Those those are kind of the levers that we're looking at to balance out our our fund. I'd also kind of um, like to get your thoughts as well with the LP investors. Is there some sentiment about holding off on investing in real estate? Do they still feel like it's a good time to invest in real estate? Or is there some hesitation as their the interest rates have been increasing? Uh, there's some volatility going on. People talk about the recession. Um, what are your thoughts about that? I mean, it really comes down to the the aspect of the LPs looking at transactions and seeing them unfold. And as you can see from year over year, transaction volume has decreased dramatically. So as far as their gauge and interest, we continue to read there's dry powder out there. We continue to hear about it. Uh, but at this point, they're not transacting like they, they have been in the past. 
So what else are you guys looking to, you know, work within the company in order to grow it? Or are you looking to continue to diversify into different markets, other types of assets as well, um, other operators? Uh, how are you guys looking to grow and look at the market, you know, over the next couple of years in the future? I think uh, definitely keep expanding our operator base. We would love to have someone in every uh, corner of America who, I mean, we're not an expert in every single market all across America, but a lot of these guys who are on the ground know the cities block by block. Uh, that continues to be very valuable for us. And what does the communication look like? Or once a deal is closed, the capital is brought in and things and of that nature. And then after the deal is closed, the operations aspect of it, the communication uh, to the investors and uh, with the co-GP partners that you're working with, what does that typically look like after close? We definitely rely on that operator to run the deal. Um, as Preston pointed out, they're the ones boots on the ground in the market every day, seeing what levers they can push, which ones they need to pull back on to, to run that deal as efficiently as possible. So as a result, we look for communication with them in the form of financials every quarter, uh, a phone call, and then some additional commentary on terms of the business plan and the outlook for the, for the coming years as the renovation scope gets executed. Has there ever been an operator who hasn't performed or something along the lines of they're not generating the returns that you are expecting? Maybe they're not operating at the level that you had initially expected. And what kind of happens at that point? There's several things that, that happens. The initial thing is uh, a phone call. You know, we want communication. We want to know what's going on. Uh, there's no there's no need to hide underneath a rock and, and not tell us if there's a problem. We get it. It's a long-term hold. It's a lot of volatile situations in some cases, be it uh, tenant base, be it capital improvements, uh, interest rates. I mean, you can name it, it and it, it does happen. Um, so the first thing would be communication. Let us know what's going on. Um, let us know what we can do on our end. You know, sometimes we can help out and provide assistance with relying on some of our own people within our own network to help. Um, we've we've done that before. And so it's it's a lot of just leaning on the team in place and to, to improve the property and get it back on track. Is there anything else in terms of working with CTC or different operators that you're looking to, uh, that typically come on to the uh, working with you guys that we typically want to know or something that we didn't cover yet at this point? I would say uh, just find a deal. Don't worry too much about your background as an operator. You know, send us a deal, one that you think works. Let us take a look at it and don't be afraid to reach out. You know, we definitely lean on our network uh, to grow our business and we encourage you to do the same on your end. So if there is one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started, Mark, what would that be? I would say that you you need to really focus on one category of real estate. You can't be everywhere doing everything at once. Focus on one one specific category and go as deep as you can into that space. Learn as much as you can um, so that you can then go ahead and use that knowledge for each deal that you find that matches your criteria. Preston, is there one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started? Yeah, real estate is very cyclical. Um, it's not always linear growth, whether it's rent growth or uh, sale prices. Obviously, no one can time the market, but when the market is going well, one way or the other, it's it's a good time because it, it will come back down or it will uh, you know have some mean reversion. 
And what is the one thing that sets a successful real estate investor apart? I would say someone that is very open to to not only new ideas, but new people. Uh, you can never make an assumption about someone because you heard something about them or you read about them. Take them at, at, as an open book and a face value and, and explore what they can have. Because what we've found too is um, it sometimes it's not that initial contact with someone. It's that secondary contact. The person they introduce you to um, is where you find, find gold in, in your next deal. How about you, Preston? I would say someone kind of like I mentioned about real estate being cyclical, someone who's, you know, prepared for the worst or has some checks and balances in place if things were to go south. So um, whether that's, you know, risk management or something along those lines. Fantastic. So Mark and Preston, where can our listeners find out more about you guys um, and what you do? Sure. Uh, for an email, capital management at chicagotrading.com, or you can call us at 312 863-8079. And finally, check out our website at ctccapitalmanagement.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for all of your time today. And thank you so much for sharing. Thank you very much Thanks for, for having us. Thanks for having us. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. If you're anything like Zayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Zayla and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonavestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.